How are you keeping time? Welcome back to the first Talking Preps podcast of the 2021-2022 high school season. It's good to be back. It's good to be back with Jim Paulson. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm I'm psyched, man. We've uh, already had one weekend of football. It's uh, it's a uh, favorite time of year. Yeah, it is. It's a good time of year, and and I, 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 I not to be a downer because who knows what could happen here in the next few weeks as as numbers come back of of infection rates and so on. But gosh, it, it feels pretty darn close to normal, and I, I'm feeling optimistic that at least locally people have done enough of the right things not have us continue to trip over our feet on this coronavirus and, and, and future and restrictions. I just, I feel a certain optimism right now and I'm going to hold on to that until I'm convinced otherwise. I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, it, it's looming. I talked to a couple of coaches that were thinking that uh, they're kind of holding their breath at this point on what's going to happen, what's going to come down. Um, but at least from an athletic standpoint, from a, a game um, coverage standpoint, from fans in the stands, uh, it, it feels an awful lot like it did you know, two years ago on, and every year before that. So you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Let's just hope it, it continues on the way, uh, the way it is right now. I do know that the high school league does not have um, one in without a real strong plan to want to put in the same measures as last year. There was no way they were going to uh, cancel any seasons, but as numbers keep rising, you know, you never know. I mean, things can change quickly. So. Keep your fingers crossed. Keep your masks on and get the shot. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll, hopefully we'll get through this. This is this first weekend of football that we just put under our belts. It had a lot to, to talk about on the field, but also off the field as well. And I wanted to start with 6A because the big change this year in that group of 32 schools that are among the 32 largest by enrollment, we had we broke put them into gold and maroon divisions this year, and those were set up intentionally to keep the top teams with the top teams and to keep the, the teams trying to get there with, with teams of that same caliber. And the week one was all but one game was a crossover between the two districts, and it didn't turn out so hot as far as as far as. Well, you know, maybe the maroon is more competitive than we thought. And no, the gold destroyed them across the board. Five touchdown margin. It was, I I didn't know quite what to make of that. I was, I was a little encouraged, I guess, that we've got relief on the way once these teams start playing each other in their divisions. But in the meantime, wow, how did we get so lopsided in football? Well, whoever made up the, broke down the teams in the two divisions, the gold, to use the, the terminology you used when you wrote, reported it. They're the haves and the trying to haves. Uh, the gold division is the haves, and uh, they appear to have nailed that breakdown. Um, you look at some of these scores from the weekend. Uh, the gold division won 11 of 14 of those crossover games. Uh, the scores like 45 to 7, 46 to nothing, 47 to 7. A couple of 49, 49 to 7, 49 nothing. The scores are just lopsided and crazy. Um, so what, what to make of that other than the fact that uh, – coaches in the committee that, that put the teams into uh, different districts nailed it. <laughs> Spot on. Again, those are crossover games. Now teams are going to start playing. I think the next six games are within teams of their own 
caliber in their own district and they have another crossover game, I believe, at the end of the year. That's how it's going to work. So, you know, we'll see if that, uh, if things uh, even out a little bit as the season goes on, as the uh, gold division teams beat up on each other. And, you know, maroon division teams probably should as well because it's a equivalent uh, caliber. But what's going to come out of, of this? We don't know. We just know that the first weekend, uh, it was exactly what we were expecting. Yeah, and you pointed out, because we talked about it among ourselves, after, I think, Thursday night, we didn't even wait for the Friday games. We said, you made the point, good golly, this is what the first round of the playoffs is going to look like, unfortunately, when these teams get seated and they have to play that opening night. It's going to be more of this. Maybe the, the, the gap will be made up a bit, and maybe there'll be, you know, maybe a two- or three-touchdown deficit. But uh, holy cow, not only was it a tough opening weekend, it, it so hairbringer of things to come for for more imbalance at the end. In between that, though, and and, and maybe this is going to be what has to be determined whether or not this this whole uh, alignment was successful. Will programs start to take a step forward when they have six of their eight games in a more competitive situation, and and you build, you know, two well at least two seasons they're committed to, and, and maybe beyond. <clears throat> Do you see down the road that? Another situation like we've seen with Park Cottage Grove with Coon Rapids, where the scheduling relief did get programs a bit back on their feet. It did improve numbers. It did improve just the attitude about wanting to come out and play for their schools. Uh, that 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 analysis is a few years down the road, but I hope that that's the bigger picture that comes out of this. You know, it's coaches agreed, and sorry, I wrote in the season preview was that uh, if you are getting beat constantly. If, if it's a constant battle that you're going to lose kids, that you're not going to get, uh, get everybody out. And numbers is such a huge part of football. Um, Nick Rusin at, uh, um, He's a had said to me that they're trying to get, to build a program. One thing you need to do in, in football is to get what he calls the tweeners, the kids that are not, you know, hardcore football players, the good athletes, the kids that you want to play. To get those kids to come out and be a member of the team because that's vital. I mean, you can, these kids can play a, a crucial role in terms of depth, in terms of maybe they may not be uh, the type of kids that will play both ways, but they're the kids that can add a lot to a, a program and really give the team, push a team over the top. When you're, when you're losing, when you're constantly hearing about it in school, hearing about it in school from kids, uh, your classmates, when you go out there and there's really no hope <laughs> and you're going to get beat 50 to 14 or whatever you get beat by. Um, those kids tend not to go out. It also has a, has an effect. Um, losing has an effect on teams where kids that are on team have other things going on. Um, this is not a five, a or a six, a issue, but Josh Zusha, the head coach at Southwest said, you know, when you're losing there, suddenly halfway through the season, you might have a program that started with 55 or 60 kids might be down to 32 kids by that time. And some of the, and because you've lost the kids are going to be playing basketball and you've lost the kids who don't want to be, uh, uh, associated with a bad team and just can't take the, the, the commitment football takes anymore. So that's where the real gains you'll notice. If, the, if teams continue to get blown out, um, are those programs going to be able to take the step forward they need? Um, look at the numbers. That's what I say in football. It's all about the numbers. You know, I, I lived this actually because uh, coming out to my junior year, at St. Paul Johnson High School, and I won't mention his name in case I have to see him around a bar sometime. 
<laughs> but we had one of our guys, I remember very vividly actually seeing him in a car, uh, parking lot, uh, Phelan Rec Center. Hey, you know, football's coming up. And, and he said, oh, you guys are going to suck. I'm not, I'm not putting my time mm-hmm. into this. Something to that effect. It may have been more colorful than that. It probably was. This was the east side. <laughs> and he didn't come out junior year. And that was a loss because he had been a pretty good football player all the way up. Well, I think our junior year, the way it shook out in the end in, in the old St. Paul City Conference, I think the only game we lost was to Creighton Darham Hall. And there's no shame in that. That was always a, a big hurdle to get over in those days. And so, lo and behold, senior year, he comes back, and he's a starting defensive end for us. <laughs> and, you know, so it, he needed the convincing that that this that his peer group and the, this we were going to be successful and it was worth his time. And when he saw that it was, he came back senior year and, and made contributions. So I've lived it. It's it's real. Kids get pretty – kids can get a little – our brains aren't fully developed at that age. Who knows what pulls guys away? And I don't know what he did. Maybe he worked more. Maybe he had to get himself a pair of Air Jordans. I don't know. He did, you know, want to sit it out, and then until he was convinced it was worth his time. There is a lot of power in, in peer pressure. There is, and if you're sit, if you're in school and you hear kids saying, "No, I'm not going to the football game Friday night," they are they're always bad. Which I heard from my two kids and the kids around them um, when they were both in high school that uh, there's there's a stigma around a losing program, and coaches tell me that they hope the kids do listen to the messages they're sending about about the benefits of playing football, um, about the teamwork and the commitment and the persevering and, and just, you know, playing together and, and making these guys that are on your roster, um, like a band of brothers, that those messages resonate more than the winning and losing. But I'm sorry. The truth of the matter is the winning and losing is what everybody sees, and you have to really be uh, connected to your players to get them to overlook some of that stuff, particularly if it's a – consistent factor in, in what this team is doing. Well, the upside is we're going to have 32 teams in class 6A for the first time in several years, maybe since a year or two after that started in 2012. We, we immediately lost Brainerd and then Coon Rapids uh, appealed out and we've always been kind of limping along with 31 teams. And so at least it's good. If you're going to start something like this and commit to your 32 team bracket. Let's not have buys. Let's, let's be all in on this plan and, and now we finally are and uh hopefully people get what they need out of it and you know if you're a gold team you can sharpen yourself against the other top programs and if you're a maroon team that's that's struggling a bit a little bit maybe you can uh get a little bit of momentum going and, and win some games and, and just create a better feeling about the perception of football within your school let's let's hope that both divisions get what they need here going forward because it's clear that there's a mismatch on the field Let's look bigger than that, and, and hopefully the, all those everyone can get what they need out of this. Any game in particular that jumped out at you as a team that looks really, really ready to play and is, is going to go a long way? Well, I mean, I, I had farming. I only had one six A game. I had Farmington at Burnsville, and I wasn't sure what Farmington was going to be doing. They they have, they replaced their coaching staff in the off season, and you know. I'm a little bit at a loss as to what anybody's got, given we basically last year, yes, we had a season, but in, in some ways we didn't. And so I, I, I couldn't remember I, who's back, who's not. And, and Farmington had a couple of real nice playmakers that I think were 2020 graduates. And so to have a new coach and to have to plug in some new people, you know, what were you going to see? And, and they, they played very well. They've got a good quarterback, good running back combo. 
Uh, I, I thought that they, they played with a lot of jump, and uh, they have some real nice abilities uh, moving the ball consistently, but also hitting for the big play. So, I, you know, Farmington is one of those schools that did, did finally start to assert itself, and you, you hope that they don't start to just disappear and, okay, I guess it was one good class or two good classes. Mm-hmm. I think they're built to the right things at Farmington, and I think you're going to continue to see them be a factor. You know, I, I look at the at what happened on the Thursday night because all the 6A games were played then. You know, Lakeville South was undefeated last year, and they had a couple of big names, and they look like they've just reloaded. They just came back out, and they've got big names again across the board, and they scored 50 points uh, on Park of Cottage Grove. Eden Prairie, who you had some offensive questions about Eden Prairie, they shut down East Ridge. I've, I've rarely seen such a dominant performance by one team over another, particularly defensively. Eden Prairie, 46 to nothing over East Ridge. They didn't, Eden Prairie didn't allow uh, East Ridge an offensive first down until late in the fourth quarter. Uh, East Ridge's only first down to that point had been uh, um, gained on a penalty, on a play that uh, Mike Grant, when I asked him about that one first down, he just looked at me and shook his head. And they, he said something to the effect of, oh, my God, they could have shot that kid or something like that. <laughs> that was, they, were, they were so dominant. So Eden Prairie, they're good again. Um, St. Michael Albertville, which you don't want to forget because that's another team that continues to put together a strong program. They continue to reload. Jared Essler, as, as underrated a coach as you'll find, St. Michael Albertville's back being good. Rosemount with a big victory over Egan. There's just so many. Maple Grove looked like Prior Lake. Um, who has been a team that, that you keep waiting to get over the hump. They've always got strong teams. They go out and score 49 points. Why Zeta looks back, they score 42 points. So a lot of the the, uh, the usual suspects are back at the top of Class 6A, and we're going to be interesting and excited to see how this class shakes out. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll venture one question, and, and, it's, and I, I don't want to take this too far out but to kind of beat this kind of pretty well to death, but is there any – unintended consequences of labeling the divisions gold and maroon, well, label them whatever you want, but to set them up in such a way that it's very clear there's a, there's a clear less than division and a clear more than division. If I'm a maroon division kid the rest of the way, you know, particularly when I have to cross over against gold division teams, do I even have a chance mentally going in, you know, I mean, do I, or am I already, well, we're just, we're just a little bit lower class of, of, program here and we're, we're just not quite with those guys and so we're just you know we're not expecting much i wonder if there's any any how much you have to make a self because you're going to see some gold division teams again if you're maroon and i just mm-hmm. i wonder how the coaches are going to sell that so that they're not down 14 nothing before the game starts you know it depends on how much the kids pay attention to those sorts of things i know coaches always try to to downplay things like rankings and standings and uh you know what they've done in the past and i i think a lot of it depends on how much the kids are paying attention to that sort of thing. Um, I would think right now it, it is kind of a little bit of a slap in the face that you get placed in the maroon and then you're playing a gold team and then you get whacked like that. But um, it could be a motivating tool too. You I mean, sometimes it, it's a good position to be in when you're an underdog. It gives you that added motivation. And I mean, sometime later in the year, maybe a gold division team might overlook you. So I don't know how um, demeaning it could be. There could be some, uh, effects uh, um, negatively, but I think that uh, it's possible it could work in some teams' favor over in the Maroon Division as well, particularly teams that have traditionally been been pretty solid, like in East Ridge or a, um, 
a Woodbury, you know, a team, teams like that, and our mounds, you, those teams have always been, you know, quality football teams and, you know, Woodbury and uh, Monsu both actually beat their gold rivals on uh, on uh, Thursday night too. So I think I think it could work in the it work in the team's favor too. Um, again, with wait to be seen. That's just you know we have to see. You brought up two compelling uh, storylines out of the first week of football. Fortunately, both of them are good news for different reasons. One of them's Park Center. One of them's Wasika. Enlighten us, please. Um, Park Center had lost 20 games in a row. Um, and they went out and just they, they started strong, started fast. I think they scored two touchdowns in the opening minute or two against Bloomington Kennedy and kept it going. So they they, they uh, broke a 20-game losing streak with a 37-6 victory over uh, Bloomington Kennedy. Um, that was a program that not too many years ago, half a handful of years ago, they were that was a, a team that was, you know, breaking through. Uh, if anybody remembers that there's uh, – Player named uh, Amani Hooker, who's now a defensive back for the Tennessee Titans, that was leading that squad. So, um, Park Center looks like, uh, um, if for one game at least, they're back on the on the winning side of things. So, congratulations to the Pirates. Also at, at Wasika, um, they were beating St. Peter on Friday night, I believe it was, um, and fi- in the final minutes of the game, um, their coach Brad Wendland, Wasika's coach Brad Wendland, was going to go down and take a knee, and then he felt faint when he went down, and uh, he collapsed. Um, luckily, there was some um, health. There was athletic trainers of both teams were there, and they came and rushed over. There was also a nurse in the stands that came and helped him uh, with um, CPR. Uh, his heart had stopped. Um, they had defibrillator. defibrillator. Um, they got him back up and 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 um, coherent. Took him on a ambulance to the hospital, and he's still. In, I believe he's still in the hospital in Mankato as of uh, today when we're recording this. Um, but he seems like he's. Uh, recovering nicely and there doesn't seem to have any ill effects, but it's kind of a scary moment for Wasika fans, for football fans everywhere when the coach collapsed on the sideline. sounds like he's going to be taking about a month off from his teaching job um, and may not come back and coach this year while he reassesses where he is. But it's a good news and a bad news story. It's bad news when you hear that a coach collapses on the sideline, a good news to know that people care enough about their, their fellow man to go out and run out and help like that nurse did in the stands and that, People were so concerned about Brad Wendland and about his health, and now it looks like he's going to be, uh, uh, hopefully, um, from all we've heard, will be okay and moving forward. Uh, I'm not even going to speculate about whether he should coach again. Just uh, he needs to get healthy and get things ready for him. So that's that's good news to know that uh, he came out of it and uh, is still uh, still alive and kicking. Yeah, whether you're Wasika or Worthington or Wyzetta or Houston or War Road, it, football is a community, and, and that was a win for all of us, you know, yeah. that, that he's still with us. That's that's fantastic. Um, so, so we're recording this, as you said, on Wednesday. Uh, the first AP Associated Press poll votes have to be turned in today. I did mine yesterday. Who's going to be your number one pick for 6A? Mine is Lakeville South. Lakeville South. You know, last year, they were great last year, and uh, they didn't show me any reason why I wouldn't uh, continue to uh, keep Lakeville South number one. They were dominant in the first week, um, offensively and defensively. So I think my first three are going to go Lakeville South, Eden Prairie, uh, St. Michael, Albertville, and Class 6A. Um, and I think that was mine, yeah. Pretty much really, that's pretty much the way they were last year, too. So um, Yeah. Yes, I think I started the same way. Yeah, as I recall that. That's one thing I thought to myself. I should take a picture of what I did so that 
you know, particularly at the lower classes, because I vote all of them. I vote all seven classes. And let's be honest, mm-hmm. when you get past 4A, it's, you really start throwing darts. I, shot, I should take a picture of what I pick so that I'm consistent with my own picks. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I tend to start to follow then where it all shakes out, what the first poll is, and then work off of that going forward. So that, that's my uh, real scientific way of doing this. Yeah, you know, I mean, last year and this year, when you talk about sports that graduate players, it's kind of hard to want to. You look at it and think, well, can I really look at things from last year and, and project them forward to this year? I think in this case, I very much can. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll see Look next week. Things could change quickly. But for now, I, 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 that's the way I'm looking at the AP polls. Well, we'll talk maybe about the first week polls next week when we get together, and we'll have much more to get to across the wide world of Minnesota high school sports. Thanks for being with us, as always, on Talking Preps. Check us out on StarTribune.com or across the various hub platforms. We'll be everywhere, and we'll be bringing it to you. Thanks a lot.